Dude, 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 this song closed. We gotta change it. Time for a zero check. Oh no, that's even worse. I couldn't cut was albums to discuss and by albums i mean album <laughs> yeah we have, we have one a controversial a, album a singularly terrible album to discuss yes Ooh. are we saving that one for the end or what, what are we no doing? we should do it first <laughs> get, out get, get it out of the way, out of the way. while well, i'm still way. feeling fiery <laughs> okay uh i'm gonna do the intro in three two one Hello, dear listeners. It is episode eight or nine of the Zero Check. Uh, eight or I nine. I can't be bothered to check. We never know. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing the intro. Yes. It is, a, it is nine. What? It is nine? Cool. Episode nine, post-production of the Zero Check. It is, once again, Craig, Stephen, Richard, and Mike here with you. Another four albums of greatness on the way. It is a kind of gray fall evening. Here in the greater toronto area um tonight for you we have tommy by the who weekender by jeremy volts sunshine on leith by the proclaimers and flood by the always eclectic they might be giants and before we hit the record button we decided that we would start with the everyone's favorite tommy by the who michael please take it away yeah yeah okay um so this was an interesting one because we had had a discussion in a previous episode. We were talking musicals. We were talking rock operas. I think we had gotten into this, this discussion through uh, talking about American Idiot, right? Like we were talking about Green Day and, and this type of thing and, and the lack of, of you know, like the, a thing we do. the rock opera. <laughs> it doesn't really exist so much anymore. Um, and so um, I decided uh, without any prior knowledge of anyone else's uh, on this panel's uh, feelings toward any of these particular albums, I decided that I was going to go ahead and pick um, the uh, very uh, famous um, uh, album called uh, Tommy by uh, The Who. It uh, came out in 1969, released in May of 1969. And it tells the story of a boy um, who is traumatized as a youth and sort of retreats inside himself. And um, he basically becomes deaf, dumb and blind. And sort of throughout the, the story, it's all the crazy stuff happening to him. His parents trying to get him cured through a variety of really strange ways, including a prostitute and, and different scientific methods. And... Um, and then when, uh, you know, spoilers here, <laughs> when Tommy is finally cured, um, he ends up uh, starting a, a cult and uh, people decide to join in his cult and worship him. And this is the story of uh, the Who's Tommy. And so um, I have a bit of a connection to this. When I was in university, I directed a musical production of this. Uh, the, the musical theater production of the Who's Tommy is a little bit different. Uh, the way that it's performed is obviously performed by a musical cast uh, and, and not just the the Who themselves singing. Um, and so uh, it, it has kind of a different feel. Um, but as, as, uh, as I was listening through the album and uh, hearing the, uh, the discussion coming from uh, my, my fellow podcasters here, um, I'm going to continue to be controversial. And I'm going to say I had a hell of a time listening to it. I really enjoyed listening to this album. 
Um, I think the story is absolutely bonkers. Okay, I will say that right up, right up top. I do. I'm not a fan of the story, um, but I love the music. Uh, there's there's a lot of really great riffs in this. Um, there's a lot of really great themes. Uh, some of it was nostalgia based because I was so involved with this particular show. I could picture people on stage singing and 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 the feelings that went along with that. But some of it were just really exciting riffs that I just enjoyed listening to. Um, a couple of examples. Um, obviously, Pinball Wizard is a huge track, probably the biggest one from this uh, from this album. But um, there, there's a, a great riff in uh, Go to the Mirror, which I really love, um, uh, where um, the second part of that of that song that I really like, uh, you know, listening to you, I get the music. So there's a there's a part that I really enjoy in there. Um, Sally Simpson is kind of a fun fun track about this girl that wants to go to the cult meeting and ends up getting uh, her her face cut up <laughs> and <laughs> thrown off the stage by security, maimed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And 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 it, it, like the end of the song says, you know, she she. Uh, she had the scar to remember to remind her of Tommy's smile. She married a musician from <laughs> out in L.A. Like, yeah. <sighs> so, for for me, the 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 actual nonsensical storyline wasn't as important to me as the the music itself. Um, I, I know that Steve has some very strong feelings on this one. I am curious to hear them. Uh, and and just like as a as a piece, as an entire piece of music. Um, I found that even after listening to it again, I, I'm still a fan. I, I think that we don't have a lot of this. We don't have a lot of bands that are coming out with, you know, this kind of rock opera style anymore. And, and, and our discussion about Green Day was really the most recent, I think, that any of us can think of um, where a band tried to put together a story like that in an album format. So uh, that's the Who's Tommy. Who would like to hop in first? I'll hop in just because I was part of the the crew on that production that Mike mentioned that he directed. Um, I do. I, I have some of that nostalgia too. That was a really fun time in university, uh, my first time at university, and um, yeah, I, I, talking about it musically, I don't have the same strong feelings about the Who that Steve does. I think musically, it's all right. It's got some like Pinball Wizard's kind of a banger. Um, and like Mike said, there's there's good there's gr- good riffs throughout. Uh, I'm free is a pretty fun song too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a messed up story. And listening to it, being older and kind of thinking more about what the story was, like I guess when I was early twenties, it was just this weird, goofy thing. But like, yeah, it, it's it's messed up. And like, why did they come up with this story? How did they come up with this story? Like and terrible. What were they way. trying to say with it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Terrible ways. And like, well, I know Pete. Pete we talk talk words. about rock operas. Oh, talking about rock operas like like uh, uh, American Idiot and stuff. Like it, it's very political and has something to say. Whereas I don't know what this has to say. <laughs> I hope well, it has nothing they, to they, say. They wanted they, they wanted yeah. to tell a story. They just wanted to tell a story, and they just wrote a bunch of songs <laughs> to, tell, to tell a story. From what I read, they the story is like a loosely cobbled together thing to 
to make the songs stick together, kind of like um, they like somebody in, uh, interviewed about them about the, the rock opera and and they just sort of rambled off a story that was partially supported by the the work, but um, it it's it's literally awful. I, I would love Craig to speak before I get going. Well, I don't know because like. I don't because once I <laughs> once I get Greg started, has nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, once I get started, it's it's I'm not going to stop. So I, I feel and, like and that, everyone. And should... that is the purpose of this show. You're more than welcome to talk about it, ladies and gentlemen. We listened to four albums, but we're only going to talk about one tonight, and it's going to be all Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but then at that point, the point if you want to get to the next album, skip ahead 45 minutes. <laughs> no, no, I mean, go ahead. I, there's a reason I'm asking. I don't want to step on other people's opinions about this album. I respect the fact that Mike has a good nostalgia for this, and he happens to like the Who. Uh, I respect that Rick, or Richard, sorry, that Richard doesn't um, doesn't have such a doesn't have, like the Who as much, but has some nostalgia as well, and thinks there's good tunes on it. I would love to know how you feel about it, Craig, before I let everybody in the universe know how I feel about it. It's okay. <laughs> like okay. i i guess like my thing is like it's not the greatest thing ever i also am not the type of per i i am very it is very difficult to make me really upset listening to something with music like basically only very specific things make me upset or be like this is absolute garbage i hate this everything Can you think most of an things example? to me are just like um that's a good question Maybe not, like, okay, something that I think is objectively bad would be, like, if you look up the band Falling in Reverse, um, they have a song called Alone, which I think is objectively bad. It is absolutely terrible music. Um, mm. It's, like, bad white guy rapping in the verses with a weird juxtaposition to, a, a like, a sung chorus about the guy not wanting to be alone. Whereas the verses are, like, I'm, I'm going to front you, come up to me, and, you know, me and my gang are going to kill you. It's, it's very total weird, like jumping on the hip hop train, career, like very strange and bad song. Um, in general, most things to me are just like, this is bland, this is boring, but not like offensively bad. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of the same way I went into this is it's kind of a product of its time. Like a lot of the first half of the album is a lot of acoustic guitar strumming, which to me um, isn't very memorable. Like I, I actually couldn't pick up a lot of riffs. So the first half of the album up until Pinball Wizard kind of blends together for me musically. I hear you. Um, Except for like the then, fucking French horn or whatever it is in the, in the, uh... yeah. Then you hit Pinball Wizard. Yeah. <laughs> and Pinball Wizard is iconic, except it has a terrible ending, which I think, um, has been a, an overall opinion I have of, on the Who that the Who don't know how to end songs very well. Um, they either <laughs> meander or just kind of peter out in an unsatisfying way. Um, I didn't like the last half of this album. That's where it's got like weird and sixties folky and kind of lost me. There's um, two stories in there's, there's really it it could have ended at certain a certain point and but it it didn't. Yeah, there's like basically two stories in this whole thing. I guess there's the other question of like. I've always heard that Pete Townsend has been off and on investigated for child pornography and like pedophilia. 
Um, if you go on Wikipedia, I was not glitter. Pardon? Yeah, if you look on Wikipedia, Gary Glitter. Yeah, well, Gary Glitter, they confirmed. They're like, no, you're an out and out. Hell yeah. You're like, you're banned. Bad news. Um, yeah. Pete Townsend has used a few weird excuses to get out of legal trouble in his days. Um, one of which was he was doing like research for a documentary when he was caught with like illicit on child porn. On his, on child porn, yeah. He's like, I'm doing research for, you know, a production. So Pete Townsend is kind of sketch, um, you know, which you could also say that about every 70s musician too. Um, but I think Pete Town Townsend at least has some documented evidence of being kind of sus, which makes Tommy, depending on your views of the legitimacy of the claims against Mr. Townsend, I guess a bit more uncomfortable. Um, I also like weirder music. I, I think I have a high, pretty high tolerance for it. So this, I don't get, this didn't really like enrage me that much more like, eh, it's weird, but it's not my type of weird. It's more like sixties weird. That was just trying different things and not a, some of it landed. Some of it didn't. That's about it for me. Sounds good for me. I think. Uh... All right, let's well, go well, on well, to our next album. I don't know. What do you guys <laughs> think? Uh, <unless> it... <laughs> well, what was it that I wrote about this? My rationale for why I thought this was a crime against humanity. I said, a young boy is traumatized into going deaf, blind, deaf, and dumb, is abused and molested by his family, is ignored by his parents, he's toured around as a freak show, finally gets cured, becomes famous, starts a cult with his, the, the relatives who molested him, helping him out. Uh, his, his followers are, are abused and, and you know, they're you know, maimed as the case goes on, and then they turn against him, and then it's over. And it's, it's just... The story is absolutely deplorable. Like it's it's disgusting. It's like if if it's at all, if it's at all based in reality, it is like there's a lot of people who should go to jail. I guess I do remember the. Um, sorry, finish, finish that, Steve. I no, no, go ahead. I have, I have more to say, but please interject if you have anything. I the one part of so I went to watch Mike's production of Tommy. I love how three quarters of us have some quite connection to this from like the same <laughs> event in university. I, I've, um, I've, I've got a, a recording of it there, Steve, if you want to watch. <laughs> um, I'll pass. This is Mike's, okay, Mike's right. interpretation. The, the one, um, Stephen, your, your like overarching plot summary just now like, reminded me of, I do remember watching Mike's production and the part where like Uncle Ernie is coming to help things out. I think I remember feeling sus about that being like, what? Like that just right. kind of happens, and everything's forgiven. And like just... when when he th when in the song, I, I guess it's I don't know, is it Tommy's Holiday Camp or we're not going to take it? One of the yeah. two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of the ones near the end. They they mentioned that like our Uncle Ernie will will direct you to your own pinball machine. I'm just like, this is not okay. <laughs> like this is so not okay. Right. So I mean, now. My objections to The Who, previous to this, were simply that I, I had no taste for their music. They're, they're like the band who everyone seems to, 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 to like, uh, you know, that I can't stand. And it's it, like musically. I think their music is meandering and boring. A little chaotic. And, and, yeah, chaotic. It's, it's just... 
it's it's no, doesn't make for good listening, um, which was juxtaposed with my like of Roger Daltrey because he was in the Highlander TV series and that was the greatest thing ever. So, like I I really I I appreciated him as a person, um, but when it when it came to um, uh, when when it came to you know the music I, I just didn't care for it and that's okay like you know you know Bob O'Reilly and you know all that all that stuff I I'm just like I I just don't want to hear it skip pass skip and you know I I came in to this thinking okay I'm gonna listen to I mean I like the concept of a rock opera I like the concept of having a like an album with overarching themes and progression that tells a story. Um, yeah, I love American Idiot. Uh, but when it came to this, um, the story is absolute dreck. It's terrible. Like, it, it, it's, it's a story that should never have been told. So the fact that they told it is, is not a good thing. And the music isn't interesting, and the story is awful, and it all comes together. And I feel like they, like, there should just be a bonfire burning this album, like in the middle of a park. It's just terrible. I hate it. There's nothing I like about this. I was like there, 10% there are some of the Vitrol. Sorry, Steve. This was being delivered like 10% of the Vitrol that I thought you would have for it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm not done yet. Steve's holding back. <laughs> There's hey, Steve. Yes. Steve, just before you move on. Uh, by some weird twist of fate, I, I I own two vinyl copies of this. So if you want one of those to destroy, I will give it to you. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> considering it um, because th- there's a couple of tunes that, that that are like there's there's some catchy parts to them. Um, like I'm trying I'm trying to I'm going through the the track listing here. I'm trying to think of the ones that I I found somewhat interesting. I think I think maybe there's something in uh, Tommy. Can you hear me? Or smash the mirrors? Like so around that point where where he's getting his senses back, where there's some some just like like a couple of kind of catchy earworm moments that were okay. Um, the entire um, you know hear me, feel me, see me thing that 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 was kind of a, a a theme that kept coming back over and over again. It was it was kind of um, it was kind of catchy and it was it was interesting to hear. Um, but to get there, I had to listen to Coven, Cousin Kevin, and I had to listen to Fiddle About. And believe me, the, the fact that they could like create and sing and put on an album a song like Fiddle About means that you, all the things that you, you're saying about Pete Townsend are potential... Like, they, they they ring true in my heart because who can write a song like that? Really, that is a disgusting piece of garbage. Like, it's it's awful. It's it's like degeneracy put to music. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, and and you know, Co- cousin Kevin is just mean spirited and evil. That is just awful. So I mean. The whole second half of the album is tainted by that just foul sludge that it picked up going through that, you know. So I'm 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 really not a fan. That's all I can say about that. If I could interject really quickly, just just I'm I'm going to try to to spark some more vitriol here. Um, okay. 
was reading a little bit of the reception, the critical reception on this album. Um, it was considered commercially successful, reaching number two in the UK. Um, as of 2012, it had sold more than 20 million copies of the album worldwide. When it was released, critics were split between those who thought the album was a masterpiece in the beginnings of a new genre and those who felt it was exploited, exploitative. And um, there were lots of, of, of various comments in here about how fans and critics were confused by the storyline. Um, but Townsend's uh, music was profound and more equivocal than Frank Zappa. Uh, he praised Townsend for deliberately constructing an album so that each song could be enjoyed individually and felt determined to give his audience what they want without burying in his own peculiarity. So, I take exception <laughs> to the, the, the uh, comparison with Frank Zappa. I thought I'm curious you about that. <laughs> Richard likes Frank Zappa. <laughs> I think I think the one thing you can the one thing you can give this album over American Idiot um, say is that it's a clear clear timeline. Like you can actually extrapolate the story and like the the chronology of events easier in Tommy than you can in American Idiot. American Idiot was there an American life. Idiot uh, musical? Yes. Yes. Billy okay. story is fairly linear in this one. You're right. It's true. Yeah. Um, Not that that's a good thing. Yes. But um, it is funny. It is funny. And thinking during our discussion of American Idiot, I would say definitely has obviously the stronger songs. Um, but ironically, the much less stronger narrative. You kind of have, you have to fill in a lot of blanks if you want to make an actual plot to make a musical of, which they did for American Idiot. Um, I guess also like, what is I thought American Idiot told a pretty complete story. Although I yeah. know when they did the musical, they they had a bunch of twenty first century breakdown in there as well. Yeah, but, I um, think American Idiot is probably more like it's about characters rather than stuff happening. It's it's absolutely it, about characters. Yeah, each Agreed. song describes a character instead of now this happened and now like this character is now doing this stuff. Um. The point I was going to, the next point I was going to make is like, is there an actual difference between a rock opera and a concept album? Good question. Mm. That is a good question. I would, say, I would say no if we take the. I'm willing like to go with that. Yeah. Because I think like the common, the accepted definition of a concept album is like a set of songs that have a plot line to them. I, I think, huh? I mean, when you, when you talk about a rock opera, it's something that you could. It's, it's not just. It's not just um, connected songs. It's more like there is a narrative that is telling a story from song to song until you hit the end. Like mm. in this one, it's it's the journey through Tommy's life and all the awful shit that happens. Yeah. Um, and you know, in American Idiot, it's you know Jesus of Suburbia getting disillusioned, going to the city, getting you know, uh, meeting people who, who changes worldview and then eventually going back to the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's got a complete arc of his, you know, his youth, his disillusionment and his, his retreat to where he started again. It's all very, you know, homecoming at the end. Right. It's all very, mm -hmm. you know, cyclical. So if we look um, at the definition for opera, just to quickly add that in, um, it's defined as a dramatic work in one or more acts set to music for singers and instrumentalists. Yeah. So basically uh, I, a, a piece of drama set to music. A concept album can is a much more broad thing, I mm -hmm. would say. You can have a concept album that's about themes 
you can have a concept album that's you know um you know uh, you know, like all dedicated to the works of Basquiat, you know, like any, I just, yeah. just, just the first thing that came to my mind. Like that's you true. can have a concept album. That's anything like it doesn't have to be a story. Could you say something like Holtz? Like if you're talking about old fashioned music, like Holtz, the planets would have been kind of like a concept idea where, where each, each piece of music was about a different planet in the solar okay. system. That's a hundred percent a concept album. A thousand yeah. percent. But yeah. it's also, it's also not a rock opera. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like there's no 100%. there's no story, but it's like here's what yeah. Jupiter sounds like. Here was here's what yeah. Mars sounds like. That that is a, that is a, that is definitely right. A or or like that's Vivaldi's, exactly the point I was trying to make. Vivaldi's the seasons, right? Yeah, the seasons, a, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Con, those are concepts, uh, and they are, but they're they they wouldn't make for a rock opera. Um, no, no, th- this is this is probably the the biggest flaming pile of dog shit that I've ever had to listen to as a story, hmm. but. I'm I'm actually curious as this the Who has more than one rock opera. They have Quadrophenia as well, right? I've oh. never heard it. I've never heard I it either. Don't I know don't much know. about it. I was wondering it, if anyone had. I've I didn't realize it was a rock opera. I, I, That's I what I'm told. A, I would consider it a concept album, 100. percent Okay. Um, that I haven't listened to it that many times. Yeah, from 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 trivia back in the day. I've mm. I've I've I've. I've they who have two concept albums, that's so I've been told. Tommy and Quadrophenia. Oh, two rock operas, sorry. Uh, yeah. Tommy and Quadrophenia. Definitely, de- definitely call it a concept album. Okay. But yeah. I think another interesting distinction we got to look at is sort of the idea of we're, we're categorizing Tommy and American Idiot in this sort of rock opera category. And then there have been other um, artists that have taken their music and created a narrative around it. I'm thinking like um, Mamma Mia, right? Um, ABBA put out the Mamma Mia uh, musical. That's just kind of a different just, animal. Yeah. Right? They took a bunch of their songs and made a musical of it. The um, Queen, uh, the Queen one, uh, We Will Rock You, right? Where And, and that story yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. I saw that one on stage and it was like, you know, you're in some kind of futuristic, yeah. um, you know, post-apocalyptic just, war zone. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's like, that's just people taking popular songs making a musical and trying to make yeah. money out of it uh i i mean I, I don't i don't blame them it's it's okay uh, they're, gonna put, they're gonna put butts in seats yeah. right <laughs> it, yeah i mean it's, it's good music um it's very popular music sometimes and you know they 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 want to tell a story with it and that's that's fine that, that's all well and good but it's not like the songs in in in, in mama mia are not designed to tell a story They've they've made a story and then they kind of shoehorn the songs in to, to help tell it. This it's it's a it's a diff, yeah it's a different animal to design it that way. Yeah, then they made a movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's okay. I mean, good for them. It, it's I I feel like it's uh, it's kind of a a different thing. So we, we we probably should mention really quickly too that the Who uh, also made uh, Tommy into a movie as well. It came out in 1975. Oh, yeah. They did a lot of uh, stuff. It, it was a, it was an interesting one. Um, the, the, I remember watching this movie um, when I was in high school. I remember seeing this one. Um, uh, I, I think one of my high school music teachers had put it on during like, I don't know, one of, one of our, our classes or something. We were watching it. I mean, it's got it's a, Turner in it. It's got Elton John. Hmm? It's a trip. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a weird one. That's for sure. Who who else is in that? Tina Turner, Elton John. That means we're a bad decade. Crap, I'm losing. I'm, I'm forgetting who was in that. Hold on, I had it right here. Roger Daltrey. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the film. Okay, here we go. Uh, Eric Clapton. 
uh, Jack Nicholson, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they put a whole bunch of people into a movie. It's a really weird watch. Like, it's, I'm, it's I'm, not, really yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't popular or it wasn't famous. I'm saying it's bad. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I think I may have, still have it on VHS, but I don't think I upgraded it. <laughs> man, oh, man. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I I listened to I listened to this like five times, so that's that's my dedication to this because. And the first time I listened to it, okay, I went into it. I'm like, okay, I know I don't like the Who. I've heard a bunch of Who. It's not my cup of tea. I'll listen to it, and I'll you know I'll just you know take get first impressions. So I did it. Um, I probably didn't catch as much of the story the first time through as I you know I I, I could have because um, I was just sort of listening to it. I was trying to get into a place where I could under, you know, hear it and get used to it. Uh, then I listened to it again, and I listened to it intentionally with an open mind. I was like, okay, I'm, I sit here. I'm going to listen to each of the songs. I'm going to try to find something I like about them. I'm trying to going to try to see what people like about them, and I'm going to pay real attention to the lyrics. That's when I really came to hate it. Because, <laughs> because that's when I was, you know, I was... I tried to I tried to be open to its story and its messages and its music and and some of, I mean some of the music is blandly inoffensive some of it is weird and, and and unlistenable and some of it is actually catchy but you know it's it's just not cohesive extra extra read all about it the pinball wizard in a miracle cure <laughs> yeah <laughs> and. So and and then then I, I listened to it a number of other times, knowing that I wasn't going to like it anymore, but trying to make sure I hadn't missed any of the subtleties of it that might give it a bit of a, you know shine that turtle a little bit. But uh, it's no, it's it's just. I thought uh, Sally I think Simpson five more, is, five more listens, you may no. come to love it. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't. <laughs> um, no, I, I pretty much. On on every, and I tried. I really tried. I know you like this album. I really tried. But, I appreciate you know, the it, the attempt. I definitely do. <laughs> like that's what that's I, what this I, show is about. Let's listen to some music and let's the, have some discussion. Yeah, the, some of the only albums I don't really try on were the, some of the early ones Craig suggested <laughs> because there has to be music to listen to for me to try. <laughs> and when it's just like assorted noises, it's it's not. It doesn't really. There's nothing to. There's nothing to sink my hooks into. This had lots to sink my hooks into and hate. That would be the gr- a great album name, Assorted slot. Noises. Was I need to Craig? slot in a drone album. Oh, please don't. Like, <laughs> please, don't yeah, please don't choose anything. Please don't choose anything I'm bracket, just going to hate. <laughs> Here's a 40-minute album, Steve, with, with three chords. Yeah, that's three, I mean, three individual chords over 40 minutes. That's an album nobody could like. <laughs> Except maybe Drone a tree. Is a weird genre. Yeah, no, let's let's skip that shit. So that's yeah, that's minimal. that's. Uh, I, I mean, I I could go on and say mean things about this all night because I I really didn't like it. But um, I, I think my point is probably taken at this. <laughs> and we do have three other albums, so mm. you know we 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 can move on. And please don't make me do this again. And Pete Townsend's possible to pedophile. Yeah, it, it's entirely there's, possible. There, there's, there's I don't know anything about this. I'm just listening to Craig. Craig is my. There, there, there may or may not have been some fiddling about going on. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> All <sighs> right. Who would like to take the next album? I've done a lot of talking. Somebody else. Somebody other than me. 
I'd, I'd um, like to, I'd like to the... say that we, we, we haven't cited any sources for that claim and that, uh, you know, putting this out online. Don't uh, sue us, Pete Townsend. Who and Pete, yeah, Pete Townsend and the Who, we... Oh, yeah. This is, yeah, this no. is just coming from somewhere. We have, we have no Wikipedia. evidence. I already this. said, if you go to Pete Townsend's Wikipedia page, there is an entire section about criminal allegations and history. Okay, that's good enough for me. We're yeah. covered. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going I'm going into Pete Townsend's up. Wikipedia and I'm deleting that paragraph. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah, law statistic. Pete Townsend's famous. Okay. Law, do we want to talk about flood or do we want to talk about weekender? Let's do flood. I like flood. Flood's upbeat. All right. So Flood is the nineteen ninety album by a New York eclectic rock duo, they might be giants. Um, two Johns who got together and formed the band in 1982. Um, I think how I came into this album is probably how a number of people came into it from my generation. Um, in the early 90s, there was a Warner Brothers cartoon called Tiny Toons. This mm -hmm. was kind of the precursor to Animaniacs, which I think is a bit more well known. Um, on one episode of Tiny Toons, they had a couple of musical number sketches that used the songs Particle Man and Istanbul, not Constantinople, both from this album, um, which are quite banging tunes. Istanbul was Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople, been a long time gone. Constantinople, now it's church delight, on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, not Constantinople, so if you would in Constantinople, she'll be waiting. Probably how I know I them. Along... Yep. That's how probably most people know that they might be Giants versions of those. Um, so I went a number of years without knowing who the actual artists were, but then I think in university or sometime later, I just, I made the connection and yeah, um, that's how I came into this album. I think overall the two bigger pop culture things that they might be Giants are known for is the theme song for the 90s sitcom Malcolm in the Middle. So mm. they did that. Um, and they also were a part of the SpongeBob SquarePants musical, which apparently the soundtrack for that was up for a Tony Award as I was doing some research before this episode. Yes. Um, they Might Be Giants are, like I said, they're pretty eclectic. Their humor, to me, comes off a bit more highbrow. Um, they have a lot of good wordplay, a lot of very weird metaphors. Like, even on this album, there is a song about someone being reincarnated as a bag of groceries. Yeah, that's a weird song. Dead? It's Oh, but it's so catchy. Oh, <laughs> the vocal line is so catchy. Um, that's true. There is another song using... I come back uh, as a bag of groceries with the, the stamp. Accidentally like taken yeah. off the shelf before the expiration date. Oh, it's in, it gets in your head. It's so good. Um, there is another song all about a nightlight in a hallway. Um and the aforementioned Particle Man and Istanbul, not Constantinople. Um, I think this is a great slice of like turn of the 80s, 90s quirkiness that was kind of got hammered out when grunge hit. Like a lot of things got hammered out when grunge hit. Um, it's quirky. It's fun. It's kind of highbrow without being too pretentious. What do you guys think? It's a fun album. Yeah. Um... I don't. I don't know how much I have to say about it. Like, enjoyed it. Like you already mentioned, there's some really fun, quirky lyrics to be found. Uh, it's very listenable. It 
fits in with, I would say, uh, yeah, there were, there were a number of bands around that time or that came out around that time that you could kind of fit it in with. They're maybe a little bit more eclectic and goofy in some ways, but, um, yeah, I, I can't say too much about it, but it's generally good. Wanted to like it more than I did. Because what I like of they might, yeah, what I like of they might be giants, I really like. Mm -hmm. Um, Like on this album, I really like Birdhouse in Your Soul. I really like Assemble. Mm -hmm. I really like Particle Man. I really like your racist friend. Yes. Um, Like that's that's a great song. I really like. I really really like. We want to (laughs) rock. Why? I don't know. But I cannot. I cannot get that song out of my mind when I listen to it. It's it's so catchy. I love it. But the rest of the album, more or less, I'm just like, uh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't really it doesn't really do anything for me. Like it, and it, it's not it's not even it's it's just like I you know, skip, 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 skip. Like that's that's what I don't do that because that's not how I it, it, in the future I will, but you know, it's, I, I just yeah. I just felt like I wanted to skip a bunch of songs. That's okay. You're right. Dead, feel... dead is catchy too, um, and, and it's it's got some very clever wordplay to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Like, there's just a whole bunch in there that I don't care for. Like, whistling in the dark is is kind whistling of interesting. In the dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, whistling in the dark is know. kind of like it's a little bit immature and kind of a one trick, one trick song yeah. that I could see people getting very like, all right, this is worn out, it's welcome, and it's still going. This album is kind of enough all over the place that I could like it's pro- some stuff is probably going to miss for some people, like what you were saying, Steve. Like yeah. some some of their attempts at different things. It's a lot of really short songs. Yeah. That's also true. So if 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 the song isn't gonna land, it doesn't take long for it to be done. Like Sapphire Bullets of Pure Love. That's what like a minute and a half of kind of boring. Or Women and Men, which is kind of a minute and a half of boring. But it's you know I just kind of want it to be better. I I was just thinking about how I would describe this album, uh, and it just came to me like this: this album is like a, a children's album, but for adults. Yeah, I yeah. kind of like that. That's yeah. that's a good it's a good way to put it. Yeah, it so, absolutely is. I'm gonna hop in on this. Um, I did not like this album, Ooh. and I thought I was going to because I I also had the same kind of nostalgia for the the Tiny Tunes skits where those songs had existed. Yeah. Um and. I think I, I had a couple. I'm having trouble figuring out exactly what I didn't like about it, but um, for me, it had to do with the production quality. Um, mm. it, 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 to me, it sounded like they recorded it. I don't know on a, a handheld tape recorder or something like something I don't even notice. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounded like I had really, really nice headphones on listening to this, and it sounded terrible. Um, and and I wasn't and I'm I'm not really a fan of of the style of singing either. This kind of style where where they're not. I don't know. It's 
I, I just I, I struggled with this one because I wanted to like it. I love comedy music. I love quirky music. I love fun yeah, I, like I, fun music like that. I'm in exactly the same place as you. I wanted to love this album. I did. I, I said when when I, when I like They Might Be Giants, I love They Might Be Giants. Like but, I don't know what Women and Men was even about. I listened to it a few times and I couldn't figure right? out what what that song was supposed to be trying to tell me. I I think my favorite song aside from the main titles on this album would would be Your Racist Friend. I thought I, I mm-hmm. thought that one stuck out for me. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I I, just, I had a little bit of trouble with this one. I, I felt like I gave it I gave it its shot, but I just don't think I don't think this particular band is for me. That's cool. Or maybe this particular album isn't for you. Could yeah. be. Could be. It's and it's hard to stuff, it's hard to tell sometimes. And some of their stuff is literally about nothing. It seems. Mm. Or it's like you figure out the metaphor, and that's just it. Like like Birdhouse in Your Soul is about a nightlight. There's no yeah. profound message. It's not trying to make a statement. It's just this is a song about a nightlight with it, a metaphor. It's, it's, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, and it's got clever wording, and you know, it's mm-hmm. you know, it, it puts you know, it, it, it's an interestingly written. Yeah, and I, I find it catchy. That's why I like the song. Are they still um, making music? Uh, Look, looks looks like their most recent album is 2016. Mm-hmm. Or is that a single? Stephen knows not. I'm just looking on here. Be curious to see what they're doing now, like what their music um, now, like if they've evolved at all or if it's still the same style. Mm-hmm. Fair question. I, I, I haven't listened to a ton of them. Empty Giants. It's just, it's never really been my thing, but yeah. um, even though I, I, I appreciated what they did, but yeah, I don't know. Was particle man, the one where it was like the glass. No, that wasn't the glass one. Mm-hmm. That was that was something else. I'm trying to remember what the skit looked like for Particle Man. I don't there's remember. There's a bunch of wrestlers. It's in was like it? a, I think there's a pro wrestling motif or pro wrestling theme where all like the different men are different wrestlers. Oh so yeah, you know yeah, okay. this man is like this gigantic guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I remember that now. Part Particle Man was um was like not Daffy Duck because it was Tiny Tunes, right? Was, Lucky but, Duck. Plucky Duck, yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't he Particle Man or or a yeah, duck I, like or yeah, Warner Brothers Duck? Yeah, I don't really remember, but uh, <laughs> it's been so long. A full, I think, required is a full rewatch of Tiny Toons, all of the seasons. <laughs> You're on your own there, Mike. <laughs> I will report back. Yeah, yeah, Particle Man <laughs> is also another song about nothing except like. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's, it's just sort yeah. of what they do. It's like Tri- Triangle Man beat up Particle Man, and then Triangle Man also beat up Person Man. Yeah, Person Man's a real mess, though. <laughs> Person Man was falling apart. Hit on the head with the frying pan. Exactly. Yeah. I, I yeah. I I don't know. Um, like I, I appreciate the concept of they might be giants more than I appreciate they might be giants. I think. That's cool. That's fair. I think I yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned on a previous, and I only remember this because I think I was editing. This came up in the episode I was editing the other day, but like, it's cool to have bands that are singles bands to you, where mm. you really only dig, you really yeah. only dig their singles. Like That's fair. Once in Bush. a while, the, <laughs> yep. That was the exact amp example you gave, Steve. I know. It's it's it's. It... Yep. It's because that's, that's what I believe in my soul. Bush is a great singles band, but their discography, like their, their entire, you know, musical mm. catalog, catalog is, is mostly yeah, catalog is mostly crap. 
<laughs> their singles are great, but their, their, their catalog is crap. I also like the odd 311 single, too. Shoutouts to Richard, a resident 311 super I, fan. I, I, like, I like 311's entire catalog. I don't know how I feel about 311. I have conflicted I, emotions. The last, the last big band I saw live was 311, and they rocked it. Did you guys the, do any 311 on the show? Yeah. Sounds like we have to. <laughs> we already have. We have, but we could do yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, old ones. Yeah, what's the name of that one? It was the one they released in, uh, I don't know, 2011 or 2012, something like that. Mm. Uh, uh, let me uh, find the, it. The, uh, Uplifter. <laughs> Uplifter, yeah. Ah. Yeah. I don't remember it at all. And just to, to add on our continuing saga of uh, Pete, Pete Townsend. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, okay. uh, now it's a running author- gag through the episode. Awesome. I, feel, I feel like we're piling on him. Authorities could not prove that the website accessed by Townsend involved any children, and there were no incriminating evidence found on his personal computer. So uh, even though we did, we did cite Wikipedia... This man is uh, innocent until proven guilty. He deletes his history well. <laughs> See, now Steve is just Other extrapolating good. for. <laughs> also, I mean, not... I really didn't like Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, a, not a good move to write a song about pedophilia and then, you know, he leave went. it open for people to. Or... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, like... the first guest on the Zero Check, I'd like to welcome Pete Townsend. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. You, you should do when it. When will you stop being a pedophile? Uh, but I'll start. I'll start with Pete. Why does your music suck so much? <laughs> well, you know. he probably wouldn't respond because he can't hear you due the decades of hearing loss. And then we oh, just really? him off the show. Is he, is he deaf? <laughs> yeah, basically. Pete Townsend was kind of the first like poster child of uh, rock and roll musicians going deaf hardcore. Mm. Well, the loudest. I think the loudest concert in history was a Who concert. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Like, if that's the last thing you get to hear, oh, it's awful. <laughs> that's, that's, a tra- that's a tragedy. Sad way to go. Yeah. You go to see so, Tommy live. Anyway, singles band. They might be giants. It was, I appreciated their, their I appreciate their shtick, uh, but I, I find an album of theirs difficult to listen to. That's, that's all I got. That's cool. I, I I honestly I honestly appreciate it when we all have differing opinions on on albums. I feel like if if we had too many albums where it was like yeah I loved it loved it loved it loved it loved it. It, it happens sometimes we just choose an album because we love it and it's because and, it's like and, a and, great album and, and everybody's likes into it. it. Yeah, and that's it's that's a cool. album. But I think we we get a little bit of a uh, little bit of discussion going when when there's some um you know varying opinions on a piece of yeah. music or a piece of uh, of, of of you know catalog. I, I totally agree. I think on um, this one, I get the I get the prize for the most bland opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it was an album. No, 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 no. Craig, Craig had the most bland opinion of the Who. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was super bland. Well, <laughs> I have I have not had a bland opinion yet. I, I I tend not to have bland opinions. <laughs> All right, should we talk about uh, which one do we want to do next? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll hop to Jeremy. I'll, or yeah, go ahead. Do you want to do? Yeah, go nuts. Tell us about Jeremy. All right. All right. Uh, I don't believe Jeremy has a Wikipedia page yet. I wasn't not. able to find it anyway. That's um, important. I couldn't find it. Yeah. Should get on him. So Je- he shouldn't make his own. That's not how Wikipedia works. <laughs> you should make one for him. Maybe. Jo- written by Veramy Joltz. Something is going on here. 
Love it. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've actually known Jeremy for maybe about a decade or so, I think, since I first met him. Not that I've known him well, and not that he's a close friend, uh, but he's definitely a part of my friend group. Uh, do, do, you have, do you have him in, I'm, I'm, in any social media uh, chat groups? Yeah, like he's in, he's in my, my Facebook group that I have with, you know, about 30 or 40 friends in Toronto. Yeah. And, and, he, and he's waiting right now to find out how we felt about his album, right? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't told him that we're talking about it yet. <laughs> uh, when, we, when we put it live, I'll tell him. All right, yeah, you, we'll put it live, he'll listen to it, and you'll see how I feel about the who. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say he was at my, he came out to, for a little bit to my birthday party last year. So I know him that well. Uh, and he gifted me a copy of this album because on CD because it, he had just released it. Did he perform uh, last fall? He, he didn't perform live. No. Not at my birthday. No, he has performed live. But you, but I mean, have you heard him perform live? Uh, I think most of his live performances have been since I moved to Hamilton, and I just they've all been during the week. Okay, uh, he tends like he's not a he's not a big like. Uh, stadium filling artist he's uh he's an indie what? artist he's trying to trying to make his way this is like would it be more of like a like album? an open mic kind of coffee house kind of style performance would he be doing like a like a small venue like a uh, small venue not not an open mic coffee house like he he gets booked to do stuff nice okay. um yeah but it would be it would be like a wednesday night at a at a venue that would typically draw you know 100 people or something that okay. kind of that kind of thing um, he's very talented. He's got a great voice. When I met him, he was completing his PhD in uh, mathematics. So he's also a mathematician. Uh, when he graduated and got his, his PhD, he decided he wanted to be a musician. Uh, you, you, may not, you may that, not know this, but the track, the track times for each of the tracks, that's the Fibonacci sequence. <laughs> All the way down. That's a tool album. I think. Yeah, that's a tool <laughs> album. I think you're making that up, Mike. Is it really? <laughs> no. That's the kind of thing Tool would do. They had all they had those uh, they had like a thousand hidden like skipping tracks at the end that were like really really short, didn't they? And for, before the hidden track at the oh, end of the CD, an undertow also has, an, has a song. Uh, yeah, Richard, do you remember the uh, yeah, song undertow. where the the riff builds in the Fibonacci sequence? So there's like one repetition. Yeah, I, I can't I can't three, remember if that's schism. There's like one two. Three one, repetitions, one. then five. One, then one, one, one two, yeah. three, five. Yeah, I was making a joke. I didn't realize I had hit Shut it so up, close. Degree. Yeah, <laughs> I do um, actually have a math degree. Anyway, but yeah, uh, Jeremy Volz does not sound anything like Tool. His uh, musical style <laughs> is more in the soul. Uh, some of his songs are kind of folky. <laughs> Jeremy Volz, uh, Tool, a cover band. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'll stop. I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> Please continue. Um, yeah, so his musical style is more in the soul way. Uh, he's another fact about Jeremy Volz. He's from Ohio. He moved to Canada a couple of years before I met him, uh, either for his to go to U of T or just before he went to U of T. Um, yeah, so he's he's originally American, moved up to Toronto, and I think he and his wife generally love it there, and they've stuck around.
but yeah, I think he's a skilled musician. I think he's a talented singer. And uh, I hope to see him uh, grow in popularity. I liked it. Oh, that was good. I mean, mm-hmm. soul music isn't really my thing in general. Um, I, I, it's you know not my genre, but um, I, I found it very listenable. Um, there was a few tracks I thought were actually really cool. Uh, I liked Mr. Potter a lot. Yeah, I was going to say that one too. That was a really good track. That was a real standout. Um, I liked uh, I Will Wander. I thought that was really good. Um, I mean, it was generally just a good album in general. I, generally, in general, it was generally good. <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed it. It hits that perfect and very difficult to achieve sweet spot of chill but engaging. Yeah, chill but still mm-hmm. like, good way to put it. Good yeah. way to describe it. I like that a lot. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It's not. It was very very easy to listen to. Yeah, it doesn't without being easy listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Tr- oh, <laughs> ironically, I gave a good moniker, but I'm tr- I'm having difficulty explaining it, which I guess is funny. <laughs> I. Um, I I find it's it's an album that you can just as easily put on and relax and have it in the background. And then there are mm. very danceable songs too. Like there's songs that you could get up and dance a bit to. I mean, it's not going to be a it's not going to be a club banger or anything, but uh, you can you can move to it. Yeah. Now the remix of uh, Jeremy Volts. This is the remix. The system is down. I think that's a good way Weekender featuring the Weekend. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, That's a good way of yeah. putting it, Richard. Uh, anyway. where... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steve. No, sorry. Uh, I didn't have any real say. Go ahead. <laughs> um, where you? It's an album that you can choose that works equally well being actively listened to, but also can go in the background. Like it, It's not an album that demands attention, but it offers enough interesting stuff that if you want to give it active attention, it's, very, it's still mm. a rewarding listen. And I think that's probably what I, I love a good by. background album. I feel like we've really inflated his plays doing this <laughs> on Spotify. <laughs> some of them have also really few enough. Sorry, that, uh, yeah, some some of his songs have few enough plays that you can actually count <laughs> the the additions that you make to it. Yes, he is, <laughs> he, is he is a he is a growing artist. Yeah, yeah. but but that's sometimes nice to listen to. Like, like you listen to. Like in indie music versus, you know, the stadium filling music. We could be true hipsters. We can say we, we got in there before he was popular. Yeah. yeah. Come back and, and listen we, to this episode. And, and that we hate him now. <laughs> because, <laughs> because he's popular. <laughs> because he's popular. That's right. Dropped what we liked about you, Jeremy Volts. <laughs> we liked the fact that nobody liked you. He used yeah. to be real. He used to be about the streets. <laughs> we liked when you came to our birthday parties. Now you don't, you don't know who we are. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I, I just to build on what you guys were saying, the same thing. Like I, I enjoyed listening to it. Um, Mr. Potter really stood out. I listened to that track a few times. Great track. Um, are, is there any? Um, is there? Is there? Is there any story behind that track? Are you aware, Richard? Like, is is it? it, it not, seemed, not that I know of. It seemed like it was telling a story. Like, of you talked to him about his childhood. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know where where. Where it came from, hmm. yeah. It just it, it it had a, it had a good it had a good sound to it. It's like this is it, it'll be really cool to see, sort of where where like if this particular album goes, where his music style goes, 
uh what is yeah, that and, thing is and I, I think i think on this album he may have worked with a few other people on the writing too so mm-hmm. whether it's whether it came from the the concept for all the songs came from him or not uh i'm not sure okay uh, yeah right. yeah I, I mean i liked it yeah it was good t- good stuff i think we all enjoyed it and that's good universally enjoyable album <laughs> yeah, I, no, nobody hates it. He he didn't sing about. <laughs> there's, um, there's no fiddling need... about on this album. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is Richard jumping in before we go into our next track, uh, next album. I uh, just wanted to say Jeremy Volts released a new single uh, on February 22nd, uh, so a couple days ago, and uh, you should check it out. It's called Miracles. You'll find it wherever you listen to your music: Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. Uh, check it out, and on with the rest of the show. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> okay, so uh, shall we move on to our to the the final album of the week? Do it. Yep. Okay. Right. Last but not least, we have the Proclaimers' "Sunshine on Leith." This is um, an album from 1988 by the Scottish duo the Proclaimers, uh, who I believe are identical twins. Because if not, they look so goddamn the same, they might as well be. <laughs> Did you guys listen to the remaster album of this? No. The the one they have on Apple Music is a 2011 remaster. It sounds amazing. Oh, awesome! No, I, I just I think I heard it was the original I was listening to. Um, I think they just cleaned I, it up a bit. It sounds really good. Yeah. Um. So it's I I guess these these guys are um. We, we were talking the other week about maybe they're kind of like the Scottish tragically hip, you know, and that they're. <laughs> big big at home and and yeah not that they're not big abroad because they have 500 miles um massive song like one of the biggest songs i like not a i can't even think of a person i could go up to and who would not have heard that song like my parents have heard that song Oh, D- yep, David Tennant, awesome. uh, the Tenth Doctor, really loves that song. Yes, <laughs> there's a video of him dancing with the Proclaimers, yeah. attracted to the Doctor. It's great. <laughs> and it was all from like a happenstance inclusion on a random '90s film. Yeah, Benny and June, right? Yep. With uh, yeah, like two or two yeah. or three years after this album came out. Yeah, yeah, because this came out in the '80s, and that was it didn't get big until the '90s. They mm-hmm. they use this song for the Terry Fox walk. Uh, when we have the Terry Fox events at my school, you know, kids are cheering and coming in, and pro- proclaimers are playing on the on the PA system, and yeah. I mean, one of the fun things about them is they 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 sing with thick Scottish accents. <laughs> they do not pretend to be not <laughs> Scottish at all. That's a that and that's an interesting thing about the Scottish accent. Like it comes through in in song. It doesn't have to. They chose for it. Like they specifically chose to sound Scottish. That was that was something they did. A lot of people do. There's <laughs> like think there's lots of Scottish bands that you yeah. wouldn't know they were Scottish. Yeah, like Tool. Tool is Scottish. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, 
they're, they're very much. You're not, you, you're making things up again, Mike. <laughs> Jeremy Volt, <laughs> famous Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. Uh, it's you know it's 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 just it's an accent. It, it, it's a lot of people when they're singing, like when you when you sing, it's pretty easy to to cover up mm-hmm. an accent if you if you so yeah. choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they they opted to. I think they're they are proudly Scottish. If you, you listen definitely. to this album, there are definitely some songs that are very pro Scotland. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. political performers uh, is an unexpected delight. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I honestly didn't know what I was going to get into when I, we did this because I said uh, I went to the the Scottish festival, the Scottish and Highland festival and Highland Games in Fergus with my family, nice. and um, and on the way up, uh, we listened to this album. Because my wife had, she knew, like she had, she had heard it. I guess when she was in high school, it was big, mm. you know. And um, uh, so, you know, we we turned it on, we listened to it all the way through, and I was just like, this this is a really solid album, excellent. Uh, so I wanted to, I wanted to expose everyone to it. Because I feel like I feel like the Proclaimers are one of those bands that everyone knows about, but nobody knows anything but their one song. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've seen Scott. them on playlists. I've seen them on one-hit wonder playlists too. Yeah, because you know? honestly, what is what other hit do they have? Yeah, internationally. Yeah, <laughs> I recognized. Um, I'm on my way. I know I've heard Me that too. some other place, but it you know yeah. can't, living in Canada. Canada is also kind of a weird pop culture experience because you get a lot of british residuals like or a lot of like british music charts here and doesn't chart in a lot of other places like we got blur hit here a lot earlier than they did internationally or definitely in the states um like that's one example but we we get we tend to get like a bit of an overrepresentation of british and uk music sometimes yeah from, from, and blur blur is an example of a of a British band that sounds British when they're singing, like uh, yeah, um, what's, what's what's his name doesn't even all by yeah yeah. So, he, sometimes uh, yes, sometimes no. Like if you're listening to Park Life, he's really laying on thick. Yeah. Um, I was watching. I sometimes watch the YouTube channel uh, Lost in Vegas, which is a music reaction channel, but one of the better ones. I find music reaction channels are generally bad. Um. But they did um, they did a reaction for Zombie by the Cranberries, and one of their reactions was you can really tell this person like um, Dolores O'Riordan is Irish, and I never really thought that like I just or like put this put the significance no, she, on she, that. She, she's of, got an accent, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And she's not a, she's not afraid to toss that accent into her vocals all the time. which is cool. Yes, um, so so often it's masked or mm-hmm. you know. I, I really appreciate the um, the the willingness, like I said, like blur or like modern English melt with you. Like you can't sing that song without putting on a really bad English accent. <laughs> Anything by Billy no, Bragg, like just Bragg. thick English accent, and that's okay. I mean, that, that's how he speaks, right? So why why mm-hmm. wouldn't you sing like that? So and but you like. I can't think of any other band like here. Let me. I'm, I am going to Google Scottish bands and get a list of them and see which ones are nice and big. 
see if I know any of them. Uh, I don't know any of these bands. I know the view. One is lost, lost profits. Right. Because their lead singer was convicted of pedophilia. Yeah, that was that was sort of a bad news. That was bad. Yeah. Um, Is there any of the Scottish? Lewis Capaldi. He's Scottish. (laughs) From One Direction. (laughs) He's just outside Edinburgh. Annie Lennox is Scottish. Uh-huh. Her accent does not come through, I would say. Churches? At least that much. Oh, I didn't know churches. Like CHV? Yeah. Yeah. Snow Patrol? Oh, I oh, think yeah. I knew Snow Patrol was Scottish. They're, they're, they're Scottish and Northern Irish, it looks like. Um, Simple Minds? Mm, yep. I've heard of Simple Minds. Travis, I love Travis. I was listening to them today. Uh, they're Scottish. They, they, this, those are Bell and Sebastian, <laughs> Franz Ferdinand. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. All Scottish bands, Primal Scream. <laughs> they all Scottish bands, but when you, if you hear them sing, you wouldn't know that a single one of them was Scottish in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the the, the proclaimers, like they, they're just. They are like their, their accent is so present, and I lo- I love it. I think it's great. It, it's nice to hear hear them do that, not trying to make their uh, their their work fully accessible. Garbage. Shirley Manson is Scottish, yeah. right? Like, right? And not also <laughs> yeah. not detectively Scottish. Yeah. You think she was American listening her, to her sing, and not well, listening and, to her and, speak, but listening to her, her sing. Yeah, and her and her bandmates are American, and yeah. they're an American band. Dirty Yanks. But it's yeah. it's somebody with a it's a lead singer with a with a noticeable Scottish accent who does not have a Scottish accent noticeable when she sings. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, um, I, I honestly, I honestly think the fact that they've chosen to sing like they do is political. So, what do other people think about the proclaimers? Maybe not political, but but a very much the hip com, the hip comparison is very apt because, in addition to not hiding there. their accent, there there's a lot of like Scottish references in the lyrics. Something sure, about goalie and improving I, the score and other stuff. Probably, I would say, I would, I would, I would say that. Um, the Proclaimers are a much more nationalistic group than the, than the Tragically Hip. 100%. Tragically Hip are not. The Tragically Hip aren't really Canadian nationalistic. They just sing about things that Canadians can relate to. Yeah. Cottage mm-hmm. cottage country and hockey and uh, prairie life's life and, and, you know, whatever, that kind of stuff. Um, they're, not, they're not particularly political. Yeah. The, the Proclaimers have two songs on this album that are specifically about Scottish independence. Yep. Yeah. So that's political. This album hit yeah. me surprisingly hard. Um because I do have Scottish relatives in my like second level of immediate family, I guess. Like my my parents' parents, my grandparents' generation. Um and this listening to this reminds me of those relatives. Um, one of which one or one of whom is not with us anymore. Um but it was interesting. The first time I listened to this, um, yeah, I don't think I was in the best place to take it in. The second time I was like, whoa, this is going to be really sentimental. 
for those people um, and those experiences and seeing if I could remember how well I can visualize like my relatives speaking to me from listening to the Proclaimers music, like how well I know the Scottish accent from my experiences growing up. Um, also the song Sean, because my brother's name is Sean and it's spelled the same way. And that came on. I was, that was also like, Whoa, song about my brother, but it's not. Holy shit. Jerry Rafferty is Scottish. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Scottish cast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I, <clears throat> Um, all, all Scottish music all the time. I will say I like, I do not really like ballad proclaimers. Um, I found that Fair. was kind of eh, duller side. Upbeat proclaimers is really nice. Um, Cap in hand is really like the first of the two overtly political songs is really good. Um, but something like um, it's Saturday night or My old friend, the blues, like, uh, kind of a bit too, bit too low key for me, but, um, Fair. they kind of grew I'm going on to me. be, Like sunshine on a leaf grew on me. I had to listen to it a few times before yeah, I really started to appreciate it. yeah, Here, here's the but, thing about that though. Like at their, at their core, I would say the proclaimers are a bar band and you got to have those ballads where, when people, people can tune you out and have their conversation over their beer when you're a bar I hear band. you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a tactical that's part of your set that's list. an excellent Yeah. point. It's Saturday Yeah. night proves they're a bar band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a if you drink fifteen pints, like how do you survive just having drink drank fifteen pints of liquid? I don't get it. <laughs> You're dead. D it's D so D much. dead. I think I think I think the most I've had in a in a night was eleven. That Like was you're pretty floating funny. away at that point. <laughs> yeah. Just, just just hook up a catheter and you're good to go. I know, right? Yeah. Like it, you you have to you have to be drinking and peeing at the same time. <laughs> Get it right steady out. state. That You're was steady a state drunk. that was a West End pub on Emerson in circa two thousand and one or something or two thousand two probably. Oh, I remember that pub. Yeah. Yeah, good times. I I I like this album. I thought it was fun. I I I I thought that. that the proclaimers were a one hit wonder. Like I, I, I had only heard that one song. And so I appreciated that we got to listen to this one. That's I, why I wanted I, to choose it, really. mm. I went, I went on to listen to a, quite a bit of their their back catalog too, or their Nice recent stuff forward as well. catalog. Yeah. Forward catalog, <laughs> the four, yeah. four catalog. Um, All their stuff from 2025. and they're, It's gonna be great. yeah. and they're good. I would say they are they're a good band, and it's no surprise that they have stuck around until Mm -hmm. and continue to to produce music. Good for them. Yeah, Yeah. um, the YouTube Here's channel I've mentioned. Um, A couple of times, I think, in our revival season, Todd in the Shadows does a really good episode on I'm going to be and part of his part of his like one I hit would wonder watch that. series. Yeah. So he he like structures this as a one hit wonder episode, but his his series like that um, explicitly says, OK, what did they do after their big hit? And there are there are lots of international artists he covers that turns out, you know, just kept going. either in Europe or in their home country and found Yeah, why wouldn't great success. you? I mean, especially if you have, if you, all you need is like a niche. You need Mm -hmm. a dedicated fan base for your music. It doesn't have to be big. It just has to be Mm solid. And you can keep going almost indefinitely. -hmm. Yeah.
I'll also note that they did just release an album like last week. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so listen September, to September, buy their album, people. Yeah, September sixteenth, they released an, a new album. That's and amazing. it's called De- and it's called Dentures Out. <laughs> Love it. That's yeah. amazing. So good. Hopefully, I can eat some eat some shortbread soon. Prepared for my yeah. no doubt thousand year old family recipe. Oh, Scottish shortbread's the greatest thing. It's so good. It's not the Christmas. I season. think this. I think this was a pretty solid episode, guys. I think we had some good discussions I mean, today. We did. Oh. We, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to choose next album. So we should. Yeah, before we pat ourselves on the back too much. Let's let's make our choices. Ooh, okay. Like what do we got, people? I've been listening to a lot of comfort food for me lately, uh, which tends to be like high school or early 2000s. So I'm going to go with the band that was probably the last very formative one for me in terms of developing my musical taste. We're traveling back to 1999 for the album Colony by the band In Flames. Okay. Is somebody recording this? I am. Ah, good stuff. Awesome. I turned the who, who Tommy back to Tommy from last. Yeah, yeah. I I fixed that. There was an error on there before I fixed that. (laughs) It's totally correct. So the album that I'm going to recommend um, is actually something that um, I've just just discovered recently. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of a of a Sirius XM radio show called The Bonfire. It's like kind of a raunchy comedy show. I listen to it every day and. I just enjoy it. And they, they had this band on the show. They brought this band on. They did a few songs and they were talking to them and they seemed like cool guys. And uh, the music seemed really interesting. It had this really cool vibe and I wanted to, uh, to, to go and I listened to the album. I enjoyed it. I want you guys to listen to it as well. The, the, the performer's name is Marcus King and the album is brand new. It's called Young Blood. Marcus King, Young Blood. Yeah. Okay. Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't either, but I really liked what I heard. Richard? Yeah, I was trying to decide between a couple of albums what to go with. I was looking at my uh, my list of possibilities, and we got into talking about uh, UK bands that don't really perform with accents, uh, and decided to go with Led Zeppelin, because we haven't done any Led Zeppelin on this Jesus, show. Jesus, we haven't. That's, that's an excellent point. But what album? Yeah. Going to go with Houses of the Holy. Okay. I've never heard of that album. And Led what? Zeppelin is a gaping hole. Led Zeppelin is a gaping hole in my pop music novel. I couldn't tell you. The 70s in general. No. I couldn't tell you what no the, the big songs on it were, but I've, I've heard of it. Like, I've heard, like, Led Zeppelin have a habit of numbering their albums, right? And, like, and, and, here's, like, and here's the fun. Four. Here's, here's a fun fact of, of Houses of the Holy. They do have a song that's called Houses of the Holy. It is not on Houses of the Holy. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Is this yeah. is this the album with Stairway on it or no? No. No. no? Okay. All right, Steve, okay. what do you got? I think um, it was the Holy was their fifth album that came after. Oh, the song Four. remains the same as on this, and Over the Hills and Far yeah. Away. Okay, I've heard of those yes. two yeah. songs. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is a this is a big album. So, um, now every once in a while, I talk about you know my my when we talk about guilty pleasures. Like of songs that you you like that is embarrassing for you to like. Uh, one of my favorites to mention is uh, Britney Spears. B R I T T. No, she sucks. Uh, <laughs> no, it's Jewel 
You were meant for me. So I'm going to choose Jules' debut album, Pieces of You. Ah. I have that CD. That's a good one. So (laughs) amusingly... um, Is it though? (laughs) It's not that sort of piece. Oops. The... My bad. <laughs> the that Todd in the Shadows YouTuber has a an additional one hit wonder one hit wonder series. He has a different series about albums that like ended careers because they were so bad. Jewel mm-hmm. is on that series. Oh yeah, what album from like two thousand? It's from two thousand two or two thousand three. Let me see. Uh, oh, then she won Mass Singer, so she's back. Uh, oh three oh four. Or this, I think it's probably like 0304. It's basically like Jewel tried to do a sexy pop album and it tanked. Right. It did not go over well. It's not her thing. No. She tried but, to do like a Christina Aguilera at the time. Yep. Bad idea. She, oh. she obviously had bad advice. It's, it's definitely not what she does. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, that's, that's, that's the album I have chosen to, to go for. I think, it's, uh, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, okay, it sounds like selection. fun. Nicely and it's the kind of thing I don't usually choose. So, <laughs> now, here, here, I have to make an interesting observation because, Craig, you're you you're a fan of the metal music. I am a fan uh, of the music. And and Led Zeppelin is like a foundational, uh, like is. proto metal band. So I think I find it interesting that you're not that familiar with them. I have weird gaps in my music knowledge. Like I haven't, I've also barely listened to any Black Sabbath. The seventies in general is yeah. largely unexplored to me. Even the seventies in general are largely bad. <laughs> but you know, even a lot of other eighties metal. There are some. Of them. Yeah, like I. The Who's Tommy came out in '69, so it did. It, it ruined the whole decade that followed it. <laughs> I was very close. Um, I probably will do it later. I kind of wanted to suggest Yes's Roundabout. Oh, um, I hate Yes. Yeah. Um, Because it was also in 1969. So I was like, all right, let's do something good from 1969. I freaking hate Yes. But Roundabout is so good. Oh, that bass riff. Oh, I haven't listened to anything else on the album, but it's probably good. The song Roundabout is good. The, The album is okay. Uh, right. But yes, yes is like the epitome of prog, and so oh, Steve. Will, I know how I feel about prog. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I hate yes. <laughs> okay, I will listen to the actual roundabout album, and then I will decide if it's worthy of suggestion. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a couple of there's a couple of really catchy tracks, roundabout being one of them. Uh, but the album, is, eh. okay. Oh man, thanks, Blame. thanks, Richard. <laughs> yeah. Dump on it enough that Craig, Craig doesn't choose it. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be better. Listen, Honestly, uh, you know what would be, might be interesting? Like, we were all talking about 1969 there. Like, mm. it might be interesting to take a year and everyone choose an album from oh, it. That, like, like your that. favorite album from it or your least favorite album from it or something. 19, 1995 was a good year. Nin- was a year. Like, 1969. What would I choose? Like, The Beatles, Abbey Road. When did that Arthur That's 69, right? If it, if it, if it was 1999, could, could you choose Willennium? Um, no one would choose Will that. <laughs> like I, I suppose you, you could technically choose it, but <laughs> it would it would it would tell a lot about you. Hmm. Understood. That you might that you might not want to be told. <laughs> oh, 19- 
All right, we didn't really end that episode. We just kind of trailed off. So I'm just going to add in a little post-production sign-off. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Hope you don't enjoy Tommy. Or if you do, that's great too. Uh, And go check out Jeremy's stuff because he's a good guy and he makes good music. So follow us on Instagram, the Zero Check. We don't post very often, but, uh, you know, we try. Uh, Signing off.